superstar celebrity, I think sometimes they get in relationships or situationships that they really didn't plan to do. And, you know, women might get it wrong. You know, for Shadow Wiley is trying to get to you, you're spending a couple of moments, you know, nights together. It's looking like this relationship is fantastic. You're starting to think to yourself, you might have a boyfriend here, but he's made it clear. This one is only physical relationship, no financial benefits either way. Everybody go their way. He had to have felt hurt because he knows that the entire world knows that both of them were friends and they were close. So him saying, copy who? Copy? No, he doesn't know who copy is. That definitely shows a man who believes uh, either he's hurt or he's been taken advantage of. Atoranke and Yemi Alade sent social media into a frenzy by teasing what looked like a budding relationship into a full-blown wedding. You're listening to Adeshokbe Live, the Afrobeat podcast. Welcome to a brand new episode of Adeshokbe Live, the official Afrobeats podcast, where we break down all the Afropop culture headlines every single week, and I share my opinion alongside some guests whenever they come into the studio. We're live here at the Afromedia Studios in London, of course, where we love to broadcast every single week. Make sure you share, comment, like, you know, put it, just give us your thoughts on what we're doing so far. Make sure you share with friends and family. And if you're in the UK or Europe, you can also catch us every single week on Saturdays at 7.30 p.m. and Mondays at 7 p.m. on Sky Channel 186 and Freeview 171, that's Yanga TV. Now, let's have a look at some of the headlines that I'll be, you know, breaking down this week. Uh, we're starting in East Africa with Lupita Nyong'o laughing off Naomi Campbell's becoming a Kenyan tourism ambassador. That's interesting. Shatawale says he has no money for a relationship, but he does have the body for a situationship. Um, Nigerian rapper's Latan Ibile responds to DJ Copy's allegation of being blocked. And you do not want to miss this one to find out what his response is. And Migmail tweets again asking to be linked with young Nigerian artistic talents and lots more. Now, let's get into the stories this week. We're starting in Kenya where recently it was announced that legendary supermodel and iconic fashionista Naomi Campbell uh, was Kenya's new tourism ambassador. The announcement made by Kenya's tourism minister Najib Balala appoints the supermodel who has frequently traveled to the East African country in the past. Now, Naomi Campbell reportedly met with the minister during her last visit to the country in December. She has also always used her social media platforms in sharing incredible images of Kenya. It must be said that the coronavirus pandemic hit the country's tourism sector badly, obviously, um, with visitors dropping by 72% in the past year and costing revenue of over a billion dollars. Now, the tourism sector is, a, is also a huge part of the GDP of the country, with it being responsible for 8.8% of the country's GDP. Now, the appointment has been hit with criticisms in various parts of Kenya, with some people saying that the Hollywood superstar and Black Panther star Lupita Nyong'o would have been better suited for the role. In response to the uproar, Minister Balala said Lupita was overlooked as she had been unreachable in the past five years. Well, Lupita responds to the allegations with an image on social media with the quote, Me, when I hear Kenya Ministry of Tourism has been looking for me for five years. 
The Black Panther star posted alongside a cherry image of herself, laugh, of course, laughing, and the hashtags read, I'm right here, baby. Hashtag alternative facts. Now, let's look at this story closely. Naomi Campbell is one of the most iconic figures in the world. Superstar, supermodel, legendary fashionista, as I said in the read-up. Um, she's displayed her love for Africa now going back two decades from South Africa to Nigeria to Ghana, to, obviously to Kenya. She's been traveling around the world, Africa, promoting Afropop culture and Africa as a whole. She also has a charity that she runs in South Africa and was extremely close to the late icon Mandela. Now, coming closer to the Kenyan uh, uh, ambassadorial role, Kenya, the, the it's been released that the tourism industry has lost over 72% of the passengers of the visitors have dropped by 72% in the last 10 months. So Kenya, like most other countries, are trying to increase the numbers of visitors back into the country. Now, they're not only looking at Naomi Campbell's social media influence, they're also looking at her high-profile friendships with the likes of P. Diddy entertainers around the world, the fashion industry. Her being the ambassador for tourism in Kenya would obviously drive attention to the beautiful country that has incredible safaris and, of course, great people. Now, the flip side and the criticism is the fact that Kenya already has a global superstar in Black Panther uh, actress Lupita Nyong'o, who is now renowned in the United States of America and around the world as one of the most credible faces when it comes to entertainment, period. She's Kenyan, of course, who started her acting career in one of uh, Africa's top, I think, a series called Sugar on MTV years ago before she cut her teeth in Hollywood. I, I think it was 12 Years of Slave, and her career just took off from there. Now, for me, it makes sense to ask Naomi Campbell to be the ambassador for tourism. First of all, people need to remove sentiments from this. I'm going to get to, to the Lupita story a little bit, but I want to first of all say asking Naomi Campbell to be the tourism ambassador for Kenya, there's no problem there. You are looking for somebody that has the potential to increase you know, to increase the numbers, to bring more people in, to to use her platform to promote the country and whatever it is that she's aligned to. The minister has also said it's going to be on a pro bono basis. So she's not on just like a flat fee or a full-time contract. I think it's going to be based on certain events and whatever it is that she's doing to really uplift or just increase the numbers that look incredible, terrible over the last one year. Now, the people that are advocating for Lupita Nyong'o, they have a fact. Lupita is Kenyan. She's a superstar. She's known worldwide. Black Panther has become one of the most successful movies in the history of Hollywood. So Lupita's face will definitely bring numbers into the country. But the most, I think where we need to look at closely here is the fact that the Minister of Tourism has said that Lupita has been unreachable in the last five years. Lupita came back claiming that that was all alternative facts or false. However, whose benefit would it be to have a Lupita Nyong'o be the face of the tourism of a country that she is from? It would be beneficial to the country. 
the minister's role, as well as the people in that tourism ministry, it, the, the first choice will undoubtedly be Lupita Nyong'o. Not being reachable might be a little bit more questionable. Perhaps not responsive, that might be very, very believable. And that probably is what maybe the minister was trying to say. I believe that there would have been contacts made. I believe that they would have tried to reach out to Lupita a couple of years ago, especially as she's had a string of hits. Uh, I think it's Get Out. Uh, I believe is no, it's Us. Then you have 12 Years of Slave. Then you have Black Panther. You will be absolutely crazy not to think of the most iconic face in one of the most iconic faces in New Hollywood today to be the face representing Kenyan tourism. But does she come home as frequently as the likes of Naomi Campbell travels into Africa? A lot of people that I see bashing Naomi Campbell are like, oh man, Naomi Campbell, you know, she's she's British, she's of West Indian heritage or whatever. She she might not understand. Listen. Again, it brings back the same conversation. If you're black, you're African. And if you're really trying to connect with Africa, then kudos to you. Naomi, without doubt, has been trying to connect with Africa. She's done a lot of work in Nigeria. She was there on ground in Ghana. She was there on ground in South Africa. And it looks like Kenya is another place that she loves in Africa. And it just so happens that the minister there noticed that a supermodel and icon was traveling into our beloved Kenya so often. Why don't we sit at the table and find out if she'll be very happy to become the face of Kenyan tourism? I think it's a masterstroke by the government. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it is business. And in business, you're looking for what will sell the most. And Naomi Campbell definitely has got the entire world talking. Negatively or positively, whatever you want to say, we all know now that the new ambassador for Kenyan tourism is Naomi Campbell. If Lupita Nyong'o is not happy about that, I personally will say, rather than post a picture on Instagram or Twitter with the hashtag, I'm right here, baby, tell your managers to give the tourism board a call. I'm sure there's still space for a Lupita Nyong'o. They'll be able to work something out. And, and that is my bit. And I believe that that can still happen. The way the, the, the minister responded quickly to that, that still shows that they'll be open to have a conversation with Lupita Nyong'o. So come on, Lupita, make that call. It's very simple. Well, we're going over to Ghana where constant headlines breaker and superstar singer Shatawale hit the headlines again this past week with a very interesting statement. Now, the headline reads, and I quote, I just, beep, I'm not going to be able to say that word, slay queens, I don't have money for, re for a real relationship. Well, as the headline reads, the singer revealed that he is not ready for a serious relationship and will be saving his money rather than spending on women. He went further by saying when he meets a, a woman for the first time, he simply asks them if they are willing to become friends with benefits as he has neither the time nor money to spend on them at the moment. Shatawale says he is saving his money for something bigger, but happy to be in a non-committal relationship going forward with the non-financial with, with the non-financial uh, benefits that he, he may need. Now that story is very simple. I've got a two, I've got a couple of guys in the studio. They're looking around at each other, thinking, you know, I agree with Shatawale. Listen, Shatawale is one of the most 
I'd probably say he's, he's one of the guys that talks, he's a straight talker. He said it clear, he's not ready for a relationship. My brother says he wants to you know, save the money. He doesn't want to be spending on no woman, but he's ready for some physical relationship. If you're ready to get down like that, Shatawale is ready for you. My thing is this, though. There's always this insinuation that when it comes to spending money in a relationship, it's the man that's always got to spend. I don't know if it's a worldwide thing or it's an African perception, but from Africa, we tend to believe that, yo, when it comes to relationships... If a guy never chop well, which means if you don't have money in your pocket, don't even try it. And I think Shatawale is just echoing that sentiment. And as a superstar celebrity, I think sometimes they get in relationships or situationships that they really didn't plan to do. And, you know, women might get it wrong. You know, if a Shatawale is trying to get to you, you're spending a couple of moments, you know, nights together. It's looking like this relationship is fantastic. You're starting to think to yourself, you might have a boyfriend here. But he's made it clear. This one is only physical relationship, no financial benefits either way. Everybody go their way. If you're ready to rock that way, Shatawali is fine. It's, it's fine. Why not? But I saw a couple of people tweeting and putting comments on that, that, oh, that's such a selfish person. How can he say that? Blah, blah, blah. That relationships will also come with financial benefit, you know, financial investments. I said, what? Are we building a house? <laughs> What's the financial, you know, implications that come with a relationship? Come on. You know, for me, I think most women, particularly the ladies of nowadays, you know, girl power, would like a straight-talking man like Shatawali. Say that it is. If you're ready for a real relationship, let's get down. If you're not, keep your hands to yourself and everybody keeps it moving. But the fact that he said he was saving for something bigger got me thinking, what could actually be bigger that Shatawali is saving money for that he can't be spending on a woman? I think that's one question that I'd like to ask him when we definitely get close to the Shatter movement boss himself. Well, but staying in Ghana, where this past week, former president Jerry Rollins was laid to rest. The former president was given a state funeral with past presidents, uh, presidents and government officials in attendance. The popular ex-president sadly passed away after allegedly fighting COVID-19. Apart from the family members and dignitaries that attended the event, the ceremony also featured traditional showcases of the variety of tribes such as Ashanti and Ewe in Ghana. However, there was a huge uproar on social media as images went viral showing a lot more showcases of popular Ashanti culture more than the Ewe tribe of which the late president was from. Some historians have expressed their disappointment claiming showcasing a different culture to which the president came from at such a monumental moment was sad and lacked respect. Popular musician and activist One Love Kubola also chimed in on social media commenting under a post where he asked if the president was Ashanti or Ewe and why the, the ceremonies were dominated by the other tribe. In addition to the social media chatter on, on the tribal differences where the fact that one of the late president's kids, I think his name is Kimati uh, Rollins, his son, to be exact, caught the eye of the ladies. Once his images hit the net, ladies were scrambling on social media for his page, hoping to catch a better glimpse, or shall I say, load his DMs with a lot of love emojis. The young man was trending in Ghana with fake accounts springing up in his name 
and an official statement had to be released from the office of the former president to confirm he wasn't on Twitter and any account in his name was basically fake. Is that how testy ladies are nowadays? Because <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, to be honest, when the young man looks good, uh, obviously a lot of single ladies in Ghana, instantly they, when they saw that the late president had a good-looking young man in, you know, in his family, everybody started to hit social media looking for the guy's handle, probably to send him love emojis and kind of hit brother and see you know, what's happening on that side. It was so bad that the office of the former president had to issue a statement to say, back off, folks. He has no social media handles, so let him be. Damn, guys. Easy, easy. But let's get to the serious conversation here. Um, RIP to the late president. is a very, very uh, popular and controversial president. Uh, Jerry Rollins, a strong leader in Ghana and Africa, was respected uh, around Africa and around the world as well. Um, the ceremony really was very powerful this past week. Videos on social media showed ex-presidents in attendance, you know, people coming in to pay their last respects. It was held at the Independence Gate in Accra, Ghana. And that's such an iconic venue when you get to the Independence Gate. It's got the, you know, the, the, the symbol of Ghana, the big black star on the gate. It's like a big place where a lot of people, I, I went there when I went to Accra, took amazing, amazing, iconic pictures. And to, 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 to think that that was where, you know, the whole ceremony took place just shows how respected this man was in, in his country and still is. Um, but I know the conversation instantly changed to how come the Ashanti tribe was being celebrated. There's a video on, you know, that I'm sure, you know, my producer will put up right now where there was one person, I think, from the Ashanti tribe where he was dancing and it looked like he had like a, a live chicken. He was holding it with his mouth whilst he was walking around and doing stuff. So I'm thinking to myself, is that the usual, a.k.a. Otomopo, a.k.a. Voodoo, a.k.a. Juju, a.k.a. Black Magic? I don't know. Tell me if I'm right, but wrong. But it just looked weird to me. However, it was also great to see that in the midst of, you know, um, formal ceremonies, there were also traditional ceremonies there. I know people were disappointed that, the tribe that the president was from, which is supposed to be the Ewe tribe, ha didn't have as much showcase as the Ashanti tribe did. And some of the, you know, the reasons behind that might be as simple as the fact that the Ashanti tribe in Ghana, have they are known worldwide. You know, there, there is, I don't know how it happened, but whenever you're talking about Ghana, especially to people that don't live in Ghana and don't really know anything about what's going on in Ghana, the Ashanti tribe, tribe always seems to be at the top of the list. Maybe they are the most, uh, they have the most numbers in Ghana or maybe somehow they just really had the international kind of like exposure. So it, it, it only made sense that perhaps that was what allowed that many numbers of people from that tribe within the ceremony. But on the, you know, when you're looking at what the, the, the historians were saying and some of the people that are respected in Ghana, I think it also makes sense that the tribe that the president had come from, which would be, you know, a tribe that would be very proud to, proud to have had uh, you know, one of their sons to to lead the entire country for a long time and and go down in history as one of the most revered presidents in the history of Ghana. They would have 
wanted to use that opportunity to to really showcase either their appreciation or their celebration for the life of the the, the president uh, Jerry Rawlings, and somehow somewhere they didn't get enough. Hence why people are, are crying foul on social media. But to that, I always say this: you know, when opportunities like this come up for certain people to get credit, certain tribes to showcase themselves. I always believe that there has to be a lot more planning beforehand and people really have to go out there and grab the opportunity. Because what happened was the Ashanti, you know, uh, traditional uh, ceremonies or whatever really took this opportunity and caught the attention of the entire world especially people in Ghana, hence why they noticed that it looked like one tribe was dominating the other. So there must have been some form of organization. There must have been some form of mobilization. There must have been some so, some form of planning to have gone, you know, ahead of this ceremony to for, for the tribe to have really shown the way they were. So maybe, you know, when it, this is just an advice to everybody else, regardless of what tribe it is or who you are, whenever you think that there's an opportunity for you to showcase yourself, showcase your talents, guess, get your just due. Make sure you, you're, you're prepared, you, you have those plans in place and you have everything that, that, that it takes to make sure that you get the, the, you know, the attention that you deserve. And that, in my opinion, is what I believe should have happened. But again, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Maybe that just happened. Unfortunately, the TV stations or the TV platforms just decided to focus on the Ashanti tribe a lot more. Because, of course, everybody was watching via their screens and they couldn't be there due to the COVID-19 restrictions. It was, it was you know, they, they obviously a lot of people were at home. So we only watched online and on TV. Now, over to Nigeria. What's up, my people? My name is Ali Shopiolaji, the AKA Shops. You do AKA the Energy God, and I'm officially on Fanbase. Now, Fanbase is a partner of Ali Shopiolaji, the official Afrobeats podcast. So you can hit me up on there if you have any questions about getting into the music industry, about the Afrobeats culture, and I'll specifically speak to you. Like I said, I'm giving free advice on Fanbase at the moment, so make sure you join Fanbase and hit me up for more information. Where this past week a video went viral. Uh, of a certain security operatives arresting a group of teenage kids who they claim model themselves in the form of Naira Mali. I already see one of my producers shaking his head. Anyway, a woman who claimed to be the teacher, uh, to be a teacher can be heard calling the kids criminals and said they were all arrested in the bushes. This disturbing video shows the kids scared and in tears as they were bundled onto a pickup truck together. Well, Naramali responded to this shocking video, sharing his thoughts on social media by saying, and I quote, Guys, look what's happening in stupid Nigeria. How can you arrest kids? This is child abuse. The teachers and the stupid uncles with guns need to be arrested. I want to meet all these kids. I owe them. Please help me with the name of the school or link me up with any of my Malian kids. Thanks. I want to see the witch behind the camera, Seth. What the F is Amotekun Sef? If they treat your child like this, what would you do? Did you see the slap? You calling someone, someone's child a criminal. Oh, I'm so angry. Give me the school name, please. 
I need to go there. Well, it's unclear if Naira Mali has indeed been able to locate the school or the kids, but if and when it does, we will be reporting on that. So the video simply shows, you know, a group of kids who have been bundled into a pickup truck and you can hear the voice behind the camera filming the whole scene, calling them criminals and calling them names, hurling abuses at them, saying they murdered themselves, uh, you know, as Malians. Um, they were apprehended by a security group called the Amotekun. Apparently, that is a new group that swears to protect Yoruba people against um, the Fulani herdsmen. There's a little bit of a, a political type of tribalistic situation going on in Nigeria where... Uh, there's a group of herdsmen and shepherds from the north who have been alleged to have become uh, kidnappers, armed robbers, and, and rapists that are terrorizing people from the south, people being the Yoruba uh, people. And the, the Amotekun are the security operatives who have, been, who have sprung up saying that they're coming together to defend the Yoruba race from this attack from the north. Now, I don't know how the Amotekun group decided that, uh, you know, the enemy for today were young school kids who idolized Naira Mali, where they decided to treat them in this horrific way. As Naira Mali said, it is without doubt child abuse. When you watch the video, you, what would be going through your head was, one, if you were one of these kids, or two, if one of these kids was your child, how would you feel with these kids being packed into a pickup truck with grown men holding guns around them. These are maximum 14-year-old kids, 14, 15-year-old kids. You can see them crying. I believe one of the kids was even slapped. I couldn't watch it to that part. The minute I saw the kids crying and people putting them in the truck and somebody walking around with a gun around them, I instantly started to think to myself, there is no way I'm going to be able to watch this video to the end. To the end. Absolutely not. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, Naira Mali, yes. Naira Mali has every reason to be angry. He also has every right to want to reach out to the school, to want to go and see the kids. It would be amazing if he could finally get across to the children and just make them feel like, yo, the person you idolize does care about you. Even if the teachers were not happy about what the kids were doing, Perhaps they were being naughty in the bushes. There are better ways to discipline the kids nowadays. This is 2021. Treating young children like animals from the beginning only breeds monsters. We do not expect to have great leaders and great politicians and fantastic, caring uh, leaders in Nigeria if we treat them like monsters from when they're teenagers. And people need to take responsibility a lot for that. A lot of the leaders we have today are also uh, a result of their environment, their upbringing, and the way they were treated. You know, you, 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 these are kids. Other parents are looking at their kids in those videos thinking, my God, how could you treat a child this way? But the teacher felt comfortable enough. Not only was she putting it on camera, she was also running her commentary behind the scenes to let you know how excited they were that they had found young children that believed that they were Malians. She had a problem with Malians? Okay, no problem. But don't treat the kids like monsters. Don't treat the kids like monsters. And another thing is I wanted to know where they were taking the kids, actually. Were they taking them to the police station or whatever? Like, I don't know. Carla, I know you saw the story. Did you? Were they taking them to the station? Or nobody knew where they were. I don't know where they were taking them. Oh. Nobody know where they were. Nobody. Well, the way they packed them 
they were that's it. Were, these kids, you can see that they were clearly distressed. It's crazy. For me, when, when I saw the video, I just thought to myself, like, this is absolutely illegal. This is absolute child abuse. Whoever's involved in that, in that school, needs to be arrested. The teacher behind the camera needs to be questioned. The Amotecon themselves need to look at themselves closer. Is this really why they came to being? Is this the job and the security that they promised the Yoruba people? Is this how they will be treating the Yoruba kids? You know, these are questions that people need to answer. And again, you don't expect caring, intelligent, confident leaders when you treat them as monsters, as kids. Let's, let's take that in a lot. Well, uh, over to the States, where rapper McMill seems to have found a recipe for trending on social media in Africa. The rapper who earlier in the year tweeted about going to Ghana and trending worldwide has done it again. This time he caught the headlines after tweeting about Nigeria. The rapper tweeted, and I quote, link me with the new young Nigerian artist. Tag me a link, end quote. That instantly got 13,000 retweets, 50,000 likes, and over 20,000 replies. It shot McMill to the top of the trending map across the world, especially in Africa, in Europe and Africa, where young artists were shooting their shots and tagging the rapper their links with the hope of being the lucky one who gets his attention. Now, McMill is not a stranger to trending worldwide. Uh, worldwide, uh, especially in 2021. As I said at the beginning of the year, he found a way just to really hit. Twitter just blew with hundreds of thousands of tweets. And I clicked into it and I noticed that he was trending because he had said something about going to Ghana. And it was the time when a lot of us were in lockdown in Europe. Ghana seemed to be one of the only places that was open worldwide. And McMill was also tapping into that sentiment of wanting to be in Ghana, wanting to be enjoying with everybody else and saying something like, Ghana, I can't wait to be there in January. That set alarm bells ringing around the world. The Twitter sphere went crazy. So when suddenly about a week ago, I saw on Twitter that McMill was trending again, I thought to myself, what is it about this guy? What's, what's, what did he say this time? I clicked into it. And there it is, he had asked for young, talented Nigerian artists to send him links to see, you know, maybe he would sign one or work with one. He never even said what he wanted to do. He just said, fine, you know, hit me up with the young, talented Nigerian artists. And instantly, he started trending worldwide. But it got me thinking. We are unsure what exactly he'll be doing with these links that he's gotten. The artists that have reached out to him the talents that he's found? Is he, is he doing this just because of the social media attention that he's currently getting? Because it has to be said that at this point, nobody has gotten more positive promo in Africa in the last couple of weeks than McMill via his Twitter handle. So is this another scheme just to get or enjoy as many positive uh, news in, in Africa as possible, or is he genuinely looking for artists and entertainers to work with? It has to be said that McMill has worked in the past with the likes of David O. Uh, who else has he worked with? I think it's only David O actually in Nigeria, but I'm sure he might have worked with other people from South Africa and maybe Ghana or something, but I'm not too sure. But in Nigeria, he's worked with David O. So he already has access to Nigerian talent, but maybe he wants 
new young talent. I don't know. But something just makes me feel like, you know, especially as, you know, as African entertainment fans and Af Afropop fans, whenever we see an international, uh, uh, maybe an American artist or something trying to reach out, saying he wants to work with us, we all get super excited. We're so gassed. We start tweeting, McMill is looking for talent in Nigeria. It's about to be crazy. This collaboration is going crazy. But we never think of the other side, like, is he seriously looking for talent out there? Because, my God, how many tweets did I say he got? He got 20,000 responses. And those were links to songs, videos, content like crazy. So he has access to them. So my brother, tell us what you want to do exactly. Are you looking to pick one of these young guys and girls and, and, and collaborate with them? Are you looking to sign one to the Dream Chasers camp? Are you looking to tap into that industry and be one of the leaders, you know, from, from your uh, hip-hop industry that wants to come and collaborate with some of our brothers and sisters back home? Or are you just you're looking for the social media clout? Because as one of my colleagues usually says, clout is a big problem nowadays and is a disease that affects the superstars as well as the unknown. The minute they find a way to get this clout, a lot of people just cannot leave it alone. They keep coming back for more. I'm not saying that that is Meek Mill, but I would, respect, I would respectfully ask if you can let us know what exactly that tweet was about. We'll keep our eyes on that story to see if Meek Mill does sign or collaborate with a young, talented Nigerian artist, as he said. Now... Staying in the USA, where this past week, legendary rap groups Salt and Pepper premiered their biopic on Lifetime. The rap superstars uh, of the pushy fame told their incredible stories through the eagerly anticipated movie. However, one member of the group in popular DJ Spinderella was obviously omitted from the movie, making the, the movie making process and the press run. During an interview on The Breakfast Club, the rap duo said that there were differences with their DJ and claimed they were currently being sued by DJ Spinderella. Damn. It must also be said that during the interview, they also said their doors were still open for reconciliation and hoped that one day that would be the case. Well, fast forward to this week. To the week of release, Spinderella shared on social media a press release where she detailed how hurt she was about being omitted from the process. And I quote, back when Salt and Pepper was building our legacy, which is rooted in empowering women, I could not have dreamed that this same group will one day disempower me. Well, it has to be said that during a recent interview with Hollywood Unlocked a few days ago, Spinderella confirmed that her lawsuit had been settled out of court with the rap duo and she is barred from talking about the specifics going forward. However, she has also shared in her press statement that she had a 30-year illustrious career and a book was in the works to detail her story. Now, when I saw this headline, I'll be honest with you, this is one of those headlines that kind of disappoints you a little bit. Haven't been a fan of Salt and Pepper growing up. These, this is one of the most iconic rap groups in the world, especially female rap groups in the world, Grammy-winning groups, 
platinum, if not diamond selling group, you know, broke records across the world, still touring currently as we speak, headlining arenas in America right now. Um, a lot of us grew up to know Salt and Pepper and Spinderella. And to have found out that the biopic was being created without her, you know, being involved, the DJ being involved in the biopic being created and also being excluded from the entire process, it kind of makes you sad a little bit, especially to see icons like this. At this level and this stage of their careers, still having little things to bicker about. Obviously, what's happened is she hasn't agreed to the terms that, you know, they brought to the table initially when they were creating the movie, and she decided not, obviously, not to accept whatever terms that they've given her and take it to court. Um, but on Salt and Pepper's side, they claim that the movie Salt and Pepper was mainly focused on the, right, the friendship of Salt and Pepper starting from secondary school. Apparently, they've been best friends since they were kids and then eventually went on to form a rap group that eventually became iconic. And then DJ Spinderella joined the group later on. But still, the big successful years of Salt and Pepper, if you ask any hip-hop fan in the world or anybody that grew up to that band, they'll tell you that we knew them with Spinderella. Push it real good. Bam, 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 bam. Or... Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. You know, those moments, it's impossible to see Salt and Pepper in front of the stage without seeing Spinderella in the background on the desk. So when, you know, it came out that she had sued them to court, that was also disappointing. But more disappointing was the, the strong statement that she issued. I want to read that part back where she said, Back when Salt and Pepper was building our legacy, which is rooted in empowering women, I could not have dreamed that this same group would one day disempower me. Damn. That is strong. That right there. I believe that was probably one of the reasons why Salt and Pepper and their lawyers instantly just decided to settle this out of court. Because the minute, the more it rumbles on, the more it just leaves a bad taste on the fans, you know, the fans' mouth. Like, every one of us is excited to see the biopic. I haven't seen it yet. I'm definitely going to look forward to, to watching it some way, um, legally, that is. However, it was just good to know that within about a week of the release, they quickly just finished this one and let's get it going. Let's dust it under the carpet and forget it. But Spinderella has come back with a little sidebar to say, I've got my book coming. I have a 30-year illustrious career, and I've got a lot of stories to share. Now, because of the fact that she'd been omitted in this biopic and the way that she appears to have been treated in the public eye, guess who's going to be interested in reading that book? A whole lot of fans. That what, Whatever it is, what is it that they just didn't want you to be a part of? Weren't they happy to pay the right amount of money? Or did they just want to sweep you away? Or just treat you the way other people? You know, there's so many questions being asked at the moment. And I believe that her book will probably have a lot of those answers to, to, to those questions. But again, the Salt and Pepper biopic is out there. You know, if you have the opportunity to watch it on Lifetime uh, or watch it anywhere legally, please make sure you do. Legendary, iconic group. 
that definitely pioneered uh, hip hop for a lot of women around the world. So it's exciting to know that there's something that documents their rise out there today. Now, over to the UK where popular broadcaster Piers Morgan was lampooned on Twitter this past week for the shady tribute he gave to iconic talk show host and broadcaster Larry King, who sadly passed away aged 87 years old. Piers Morgan, who had famously replaced Larry King at CNN, had spoken about the late host's dislike of him because he took his job. Larry King, who had an illustrious career spanning six decades, received tributes from around the world after documenting thousands of interviews with celebrities, dignitaries, sports personalities, religious leaders, and politicians. Well, Piers Morgan's controversial tributes reads, and I quote, Larry King was a hero of mine until we fell out after I replaced him at CNN. And he said my show was like watching your mother-in-law go over a cliff in your new Bentley. He married eight times, so a mother-in-law expert. But he was a brilliant broadcaster and a masterful TV interviewer. Uh, Kola, I see you moving a little bit funny there. Was that shady or was that just, was he just being funny? I'm, I'm, I'm asking my producer now because I saw you move a little bit funny. It was a little bit of both. Yeah. I think he was telling his own truth about mm. his personal experience. So, with, with Larry, Larry King. King. But at the same time, the man had just died. <laughs> exactly. I think I think that was the that was the, the 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 thing that really hurt a lot of people. That Larry King had just passed away. His family members are dealing with grief. His daughters and sons are dealing with grief. Thousands and millions of fans around the world who I count myself uh, one of dealing with the sad loss of one of the most iconic talk show hosts that has ever walked the, the, the face of this earth. I grew up watching Larry King on CNN. He probably subconsciously made me feel that I can do a show like this at Ishopwell Live, the official Afrobeats podcast, and reach millions of people around the world just the way Larry King did his job. He had a style to it. He had a charisma to it. It was very simple. Studio, microphone, celebrity, politicians, superstar, sports personality. The list goes on. And at a time like that, when we lose such brilliance, the one thing everybody wants to come together to do is acknowledge that the world has lost an icon. Not fire shots at, you know, this same person. But again, some people also argue that Piers Morgan had always told this story for years that Larry King just took a disliking to him because he took his job at CNN. And the fact that he still found a way to drop these words whilst putting, you know, a tribute out was also staying true to form. That even though you passed away, my jigger, I ain't still rocking with you. You understand what I mean? Like, you know, and, and some people kind of respect that. They respect the fact that, yo, he didn't change his words. Because what usually happens in the world today is when somebody passes away, um, we find a way to kind of, it, it looks like that has, 
rewritten their wrongs and everybody has nothing but great things to say to them even though some of them have been you know bums in the past and have treated people poorly and all of that type of stuff so in some quarters a lot of people believe that maybe he was just disrespectful i think he was i think it it, it was it was it was uncalled for however people that say say what you mean mean what you say believe that that was just true to form and it just showed that, you know, uh, my man Piers Morgan wasn't going to shake regardless of whether Larry King had passed on. But RIP to the great icon, Larry King. Well, over to South Africa, where popular actress uh, and media personality Candice Medicele slammed the makeup artists who don't understand skin tones. Well, the conversation kicked off as a black actress in Hollywood shared their stories on Twitter about hairstylists uh, that, under, that don't understand Afro hair uh, being overlooked or hairstylists that understand Afro hair being overlooked, leaving the actresses to do their hair themselves on set. Yikes. Now, one Twitter user said, uh, and I quote, this is literally horrible because great black hairstylists exist within the industry. But yet people will go out of their way to close doors on people who could be making their projects 10 times better. Well, Candice got involved in the conversation by saying it was the same for the makeup artists. She slammed those, uh, she slammed those said to be makeup gurus but lacked knowledge on working on ethnic skin tones. Candice said despite the huge talents out there in the world, the same makeup artists get the same jobs over and over again. In a tweet, uh, and I quote, same with the makeup artists. Globally, the pool of talents knows, knows no bounds. But guess who's bagging the major gigs? Yet they have no idea what to do when a person of color is sitting in their chair. Blush, a smoky eye, and a red lips is not a one-size-fits-all. Look, Susan. <laughs> when I read that, I'm like, Candace is definitely a joker. Um, but she has a very valid point. I don't know what's happened, but this last one week has been a tough time for, for, for some makeup artists uh, around the world. I remember a lady also got dragged heavily on Clubhouse and on social media for setting up a group on Clubhouse where she said, claimed that... Um, she opened, I believe, for, for people to come in there to talk about makeup artists who had done them shady in the past or who were not up to the task but took the money. Uh, that conversation went viral. Definitely people were dragging the lady. She, she at the time said she was going to quit social media because of her mental health. And then fast forward to this week was this story coming up and, you know, uh, black or Hollywood actresses and black actresses or black personalities around the world are talking about the fact that, you know, there are too many makeup artists that understand the difference of skin tones of, of, of ethnic people from, say, Nigeria to India. Why continue to hire the same makeup artists who ha absolutely have no clue and just make certain ladies look like, really horrible in movies. I've seen, I'll be honest with you, I've seen some terrible makeups myself. And I'm thinking, whoever done this is definitely not somebody that constantly works with, you know, black skin or, you know, African-American skin or whatever. And I think nowadays where we're shedding a light 
on, you know, the voices of, of black people around the world. Little things like this also shows that you care and you're paying attention to the plight of black people. If you have a black actress or a black actor on your set, please get somebody that can deal with their skin tones perfectly. Somebody that would enhance the quality of their skin when you put them on camera. Someone who would make their hair look as stunning as that they were walking down South London. Do you understand what I mean? Like, make sure you get the right people in the room, even if it might cut you cost you a few extra bucks. I know what those big makeup artists get anyway, but you could definitely get some other people who would definitely, or you could even say it this way. When you hire somebody, why don't you ask them that you have a makeup artist that you think will be great for you? Hire them and we'll pay them for you. Guess what that does? That adds a little bit more confidence to the person that you've had to do a job because now they can bring in someone that they've worked with consistently and they believe knows their skin tone perfectly. And that also gives them an extra boost in the production staff and the director or whoever it is that's hiring these people behind the scenes to say, this person doesn't really, doesn't, only care about how I deliver my lines in front of the camera, but they also care about how I look and feel in front of the camera. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, things like makeup, hair, and, and stuff, they not only add to the beauty of a lady, but they also add to the confidence with which they deliver their lines. So it's sad that we're still talking about these type of questions or this type of, you know, topics today, but it's the reality that we live in. However, the more we talk about it based on social media, a podcast like this, and other platforms around the world, we'll allow some of these people that really want to listen and make a difference, change their ways, and just do the right thing. You got to do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing and hire the right person to do the job. It's ridiculous, man. Don't be making our queens look shifty on camera. Blusher, red lipstick. It, listen, it doesn't work for every woman, okay? <laughs> Shout out to Candice, too. She got that one right. Now, over to Nigeria, where a big story has taken uh, an interesting turn. Now, well, taking an interesting turn. Well, a few weeks ago, here on Afrobeats Podcast, we reported a popular DJ and billionaire daughter, Copy, shared her disappointment on social media at being blocked by her friend and collaborators, Latani Bile, with no explanation for the past 10 months. The famous duo had collaborated on the song Gelato and were seen to have been close during the promo run until it all went quiet between the pair. Well, after DJ Copy came out with her revelation, Zlatan and his camp had said nothing until now. In a recent interview on TV in Nigeria, the rapper was asked what the issue was between the pair, to which he replied that he knew of nobody called DJ Copy. What transpired between you blocking Copy on social media and have you unblocked her? Is it gossip books? Copy, copy, DJ Copy, DJ copy. copy music. You is that, don't? He's an artist. <laughs> Copy is a DJ. Oh, DJ Copy. You haven't heard? Of, you don't know? Okay. Obviously, sending social media into a frenzy, but barely 24 hours after this interview went viral, 
a close affiliate of Zlatan Ibile, popularly known as Israel DMW, shared on his social media claiming Zlatan flushed DJ Copy, who was being a fake friend. After Zlatan had been used, wow, he went on to say that Zlatan featured alongside Copy, to which he hadn't seen any financial rewards, including him helping her during a fundraising event where she raised, raised hundreds of millions of naira, of which the artist was never compensated. He also claimed the rapper paid his own way during the fundraising event in Abuja, which included accommodation and feeding costs during his stay. Well, this story definitely has taken a turn, an interesting turn. Um, we all shared here uh, when that story initially broke, when uh, DJ Copy had posted on social media that I don't know why my friend had suddenly blocked me and wasn't talking to me for about 10 months or blah, 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 blah. And I said at the time that, you know, maybe she was just missing a friend and she needed to reach out to him or she had probably done that through a variety, excuse me, a variety of channels but couldn't get through to him. And Zlatan's team never said anything. Zlatan never uh, responded on social media. And at that time, people just felt, okay, maybe he wasn't going to treat it. He wasn't going to talk about it. I don't think he was going to talk about it. However, the TV show he appeared on, the interviewers decided to throw the question. What happened? Slatan's response was groundbreaking. He didn't know who DJ Copy was. Damn, that hurt. But fast forward to Israel's... Uh, quote on Instagram saying that Zlatan had flushed a fake friend who had taken advantage of him and didn't give him any benefits. I know a lot of people responded to that, attacking Israel and saying maybe he was lying or whatever it is, but this is how I see it. The Zlatan Ibile that I know seems to be a hardworking young man that will be very responsive to everybody that reaches out. However, this is a reoccurring theme, a conversation within the industry where certain people feel like they haven't been given the right benefits that they deserve for some of the work that they have put in. Does DJ Copy know that this is how Latin feels? Perhaps not. And maybe the question should have been put at the beginning when the working relationship has started, that these will be your benefits are you happy to go ahead if Zlatan agrees to the terms that were offered and agreed to go ahead and then turned around and, and did what he did, then we can say he was wrong. But if the terms were never ironed out properly at the beginning and Zlatan had put in that much work, we have to be honest. He, him collaborating with DJ Copy on Gelato was he put his reputation on the line with that record because that record... You know, it was not a smash record. It was a cool record, but it was not a smash record. And in some quarters, a lot of people attacked it as being gimmicky. And Zlatan, who was coming from arguably the biggest year in his life, to have collaborated with a record that parts of the industry had termed gimmicky, was risking his own future and the future of his family by collaborating with that. And then when we now hear that he also was part of you know, the fundraising event in Abuja, which I believe that I saw clips of him performing at. 
in, in Abuja last year to help raise funds for DJ Copies uh, charitable ventures. I'm now thinking he might, because they said he paid for his hotel, they said he paid his own food, he, had been giving, he hadn't been given any money and nobody had reached out to him since then. I'm thinking that there might be some truth to that. I would obviously want to see what DJ Copy responds with, but again, there's Latani Bile that I know, he's a very measured young man. You know, he is more thoughtful than a lot of people believe. He, you know, once he came out with a success uh, with Able God, which wasn't his song, he just featured on Able God. He decided to really push harder and went on to do stuff by himself. He was on the record with Burner Boy, Killing Them. That was another smash record. He had Bolanle. He dropped the album. He created a record label. He signed artists that are on the move. He bought mansions in Lagos for his parents before he even bought one for, his, for himself. You know, so this looks to me like somebody that's very, very thoughtful. So to have acted the way he did on TV... He had to have felt stung. He had to have felt hurt because he knows that the entire world knows that both of them were friends and they were close. So him saying, copy who? Copy, no, he doesn't know who copy is. That definitely shows a man who believes uh, either he's hurt or he's been taken advantage of. Um, like I said, I will look forward to what DJ Copy has to say about this, but... If that's the case, my advice would be to reach out to the young man, find, find a way to reach out to him, find out exactly what's making him hurt. And if it's about him receiving his true benefits and what he truly deserves for the efforts that he put in to the record and to the charitable event, I'd say just give the brother, cut the brother his check. Because nowadays, we cannot say we're for each other if we don't take care of each other's feelings and make sure everybody receives the right rewards. And that has to be sorted out. But again, Zlatan's response was classic. <laughs> was classic. Now, finally, we end in Nigeria where Afrobeat superstars Patorankin and Yemi Alade sent social media into a frenzy by teasing what looked like a budding relationship into a full-blown wedding. As, as, as he called it, they breathed a sigh of, sigh of relief there. Uh, well, it all started a few weeks ago when Pato Rankin shared a picture of Yemi Alade with the caption, Mom Baby, to which uh, Remy responded, Papi, with a love emoji. Uh, that instantly got tongues wagging as both stars had always kept their private lives out of the public view. Fast forward to last week when suddenly Pato Rankin and Yemi Alade shared pictures of what appeared to be a traditional wedding between the pair. With the same quote on Pato Rankin's side, Mom, baby, and Yemi simply saying, Papi, once again. That received a combined 20,000 comments on Instagram, which celebrities, which included celebrities and stars like Whiskey and Beanie Man, and lots more congratulating the pair for what looked like their wedding uh, ceremony. <laughs> nah, on Twitter, it was the same thing with over 10,000 retweets and thousands of comments. Well, it can now be revealed that it was not a real wedding, but both stars had taken part in Patorankin's latest video titled Mom Baby, which featured Flavor Nabanya and Yemi was 
battle rankings girl in the video. To your uh, question, uh, Kola, if I, I was, listen, man, I'm part of the family. So I knew what was going on. Okay, okay. And I was actually one of the people, shout out to my sister, Ricky Davis, as well, who is part of uh, uh, Patoranki's management. From the get-go, I was already telling them that, yo, this is where we're going to play on this whole video. The fact that you've got Yemi Alade, who is the queen of Afrobeats and Afropop in Africa, one of the most iconic female singers of the recent memory, and you have Patoranki, one of the most successful dancehall artists in Africa as well, together in a music video with both artists being specifically quiet in public view of their private life. I thought was, this was an, a golden moment to use this opportunity to promote the music video that Patoranki was going to drop. And by God, did the results come in incredible. I saw Whiskey with a love emoji. I saw Benny Man saying, congratulations, King. Everybody bought it. If you Google it right now, Yemi Aladi and Patoranki, it went from Nigeria to South Africa to United. I have family members, my sister. Shout out to Banke. My sister called me from America. She said, are they married people? Family members were asking me. So I was like, whoa, this is crazy. One guy, let me tell you this funny story, right? One of, one of my friends, this guy had COVID-19. This guy was struggling for life. He was in the ICU. He had oxygen masks. You know, his family members were literally crying that this guy was going to die. He messaged me saying, my crush is married. I said, are you still alive? This guy. <laughs> I, said, I said, look at everybody crying that you might even, oh, you might not survive this. This guy is in intensive care. My man is worrying about whether Patoranki and Yemi Aladi are married for real. Are you for real? You know, but hey, it just shows how important it is to have strategy and really good plans behind everything that you do when you are a celebrity or somebody that's making music for the public consumption. You have to find ways to really entice people and to tease people's interest and to get them involved in whatever it is that you're trying to serve them. And this storyline coming in was just a perfect way to kickstart, you know, the promo for the record. And I can say at press time, that two hours after the music video dropped, it had hit over 40,000 views on YouTube. That is partly down to the anticipation of people wanting to see what exactly happened with Pato Rankin and Yemi Aladi. And that is where you go when you're trying to promote a record. But it has to be said that the record Mom Baby, featuring Flavon Abanya, Flavon Abania's verse, in my opinion, is one of the top 10 verses you would have to go down of all time. Because Flavon Abania is an underrated icon of African music. And when you listen to this record, you understand. Maybe Listen, I can't do it the way Flavor can. But you have to appreciate this brother. His vocals are incredible. His play with words are ridiculous. Only Flavor Nabania 
could have done what he did on that record with Pato Rankin and gotten away with it. And I'm just using this opportunity to appreciate my brother, a king from Nigeria, Flavor Nabania. Please check out that music video. It's absolutely smashing. Now, to the trending topic of the day as we ask the question, is love alone good enough to make to be in a relationship? Now, the reason for this question is because of popular media personality Chioma Amarilis in Nigeria that stated that love alone isn't good enough to enter into a relationship. She says love without money is pure rubbish. Chioma shared on Facebook warning couples that love alone is not enough to sustain a relationship because it can't pay the bills. She explained that the previous generation could afford to get married with little or no money, but times have changed. She wrote, and I quote, Let me say this to you. Love alone doesn't pay the bills. That is not to say love isn't important, but the older generation could afford to marry with little or no money. But in 2021... It will be the height of deliberate ignorance and self-deceit to think that when it hits the fan or gets hard and bills come, that it's love that will pay the mortgage, car note, rent, hospital bills, student loans, kid tuition, and lots more. In 2021, you need a skill on top of your skills. You need to keep adding to your options and streams of incomes. Become when life happens, and it will. That love you are loving without money will be the source of anger, resentment, and disappointment. So as I have come to learn and say, what can be avoided should. Hashtag queen. That phrase, I think, explains itself. Simply, my sister is saying, love, no fee, put food for belly. Which means, love alone, no fee, pay house rent. Love alone is not good for house bills. Love alone is not enough to keep this relationship functioning. Ultimately, we get back to the number one question. Is it money before love or love before money? Carla, quickly, what are you thinking? I see you breathing hard, man. My brother, I'll be honest with you, man. No matter how much she loves you and how much you love her, if you're not able to provide, if you're not able to provide that security, put food on the table, make sure the kids can go to school, do go to their dance classes, their football classes, swimming classes. I'll put it like this. Yes, sir. Love can only last for so long without <laughs> Love, according to Carla, love can only last so long without money. And that we definitely end that subject. <laughs> Finally, we end today's episode with a brand new segment where we recommend some of the new content out there that will surely be worth your while. First on my list, uh, on my list is Chip Chips new mixtape, Snakes and Ladders. It features two, or shall I say, three Afrobeats artists in Tiwa Savage. Kidder Codes, I'm a production by Malik Berry. Chipmunk, anybody that knows me knows that I believe Chip is one of the best and most incredible rappers in the world. Now, I'm not talking UK. I'm not talking United States of America. I'm not talking Africa. I'm talking in the world. This is one of the most credible rappers that I've ever, ever hit the microphone. And for him to have dropped a project that has about 20 songs in it, 
you will undoubtedly find your favorites. The minute that the mixtape was released, I instantly had my, my favorites, man. The record with Kidda was definitely where I was going to go to first because it's, it, it was screaming Afrobeats to me. And Malik Berry put the production on that and gave us a little intro, which was incredible. Kidda Codes killed that chorus, and it's absolutely amazing. Has a feature with Tiwa Savage, incredible. Bugsy Malone, fantastic. The list goes on. You need to check out that mixtape. Uh, Snakes and Ladders, out now by Chipmunk. Go make sure you get that. Kiss Daniel finally has a new single out featuring Files or Lamide LK Kudi, and it's, uh, it's titled currently um, Kiss Daniel, in my opinion, is one of the top five males of Afrobeats out of Nigeria, wherever you want to rap it, however you want to list it, whatever you want to do with it. Um, one of the most credible singers and talented artists that come to come out of Nigeria currently. He is somebody that's hugely talented and sometimes underrated. However, this song, uh, this brand new record that features Files, Olamide, LK Kudi, just instantly just lets you know how incredible he is again. He dabbles on Ama Piano Sounds from South Africa, and he does his Kiss Daniel thing on it. That record is definitely a smash. Make sure you go check that out. Miss V, brand new video featuring Sakode on one of my favorite songs, Balance. Balance, balance, bam, 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 bam. What else? Bad record, incredible record um, from her album, uh, Invincible, uh, the brand new video is out now, so make sure you go and check that. And finally, a video that I think you all should go and watch as well is the video uh, for David O featuring My Okun, the best uh, shot by fast rising video director from Nigeria. He goes by the name Dami Twitch. I've got to be honest with you, he's been shooting some amazing videos. The first one that I saw that I really loved was Woman, um, uh, David O's record. I think it was uh, Independent Woman or Woman uh, about two years ago. It was incredible. But now he shot the one with Pataranki featuring Flavor and he shot the one with David O and Maya Kuhn that I think is just absolutely incredible. Uh, they played with the title of the record title, The Best. They had the Chinese kind of like karate theme to it. It was done tastefully. It didn't look like it was anything culture, vulture-ish. You know, it was just fantastic and it was brilliant. It's something that you can watch over and over and over again. Make sure you go check all of these projects out. Chip, uh, Mixtape, Snakes and Ladders, Kiss Daniel, currently Miss V uh, featuring Sakode Balance and David O featuring Mayo Kun in the best. And that wraps up this week's episode of Adeshope Live, the official Afrobeats podcast. Make sure you share, like, comment, and of course, uh, you know, tell us whatever it is that you're enjoying. If you know, if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss here in the studio, feel free to hit us up and also follow us across all social media. Once again, it's same place, same time. Until next time, peace, and we're out. What else? Yes.